now. This is it, people. The moment that you've all been waiting for. There hasn't been this much talk around a decision since LeBron left the Cavs today. A legendary lad who has been on Waterlad before and he's already told his story. But today, he will be announcing his future. There's been talk around a code switch to the Roosters staying in Japan where he's been absolutely killing it or even a return to the New Zealand Rugby Union. He's a man who everyone wants on their books, and for good reason. It is, obviously, one of the greats, TJ Perenata. Welcome, brother. <laughs> Kia ora, brother. Thanks for the intro, bro. There's a lot of nice things you said there, bro. So <laughs> thanks for that, bro. It's good to be here. Hey, mate, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you coming on. This is, obviously, a lot of people have been talking about this over the last few weeks. It's a... Uh, <laughs> it's a big decision. How's the whole last month been for you? Um, yeah, it's been pretty full on, bro. It's um, it's been hard not to um, to think about it and to to hit because I, I obviously want to focus on playing well here um, and getting us deeper in the competition, which um, sadly ended uh, for us on the weekend. Um, but I had to just allocate time to be able to focus on it because it was always in the back of my mind uh, when I was trying to just block it all out. Um, so. Putting that time aside every day or every couple of days to be able to have the conversations I needed to have was was really good. Yeah, it obviously didn't affect your form though because I know I exaggerate a lot, but I'm not exaggerating when I say you have been absolutely killing it over there. Um, you've made a huge difference to that Red Hurricanes team who were losing games by hundreds last year and now they're one of the top top teams in the competition, it's probably fair to say. So, mate, your form's been on fire, so it obviously hasn't affected that. Thanks, bro. It's um, our, like we've got a really good uh, group of guys. Uh, I'm here with your brother, obviously. Uh, we've got Marty here, um, always here as well. So being able to have um, all of those minds together um, and really drive our team throughout the week's been uh, it's been really cool. And I've enjoyed the footy. Uh, I'm playing a little bit different role over here than I um, I have been of late in New Zealand, and I've enjoyed it. It's pretty less defending um, than I'm used to. I usually prefer to defend more, um, but I'm getting more touches offensively. So it's been been good. Oh, he loves to defend. Is that a, <laughs> is that a hint where he's going? <laughs> so before we get to the decision, who who was the decision around? You had obviously the Red Hurricanes would have wanted you back. The OG Canes would have wanted you back. Um, oh, they obviously missed you this season. There's been a lot of talk around the Roosters. It sounds like they were really keen. Was there anyone else who was on the cards? No, those three were uh, the main three. There was a little bit of noise um, here in Japan with another club too. Uh, but we can't really engage with with other clubs. It's the it's a rule um, here. I think um, based on like a contract, you have to I think get approval to be able to negotiate with another club. So there was some noise from from another club here, um, but nothing nothing formal. Um, but um, those three clubs, um, Bookmore, um, the Hurricanes in New Zealand, and and the Roosters were were the main ones that we were. Sort of talking to. True. Oh, yeah. Mate. It's been full on. It has been full on. Mate, well, let, let's get to it. Where are you going? Um, we, my wife and I have decided to, to come home. Um, so we're really, really excited and, and really thankful for um, the Hurricanes and New Zealand Rugby for giving us that opportunity. So wow. uh, we're pumped for it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> How good is yeah. that? How good. Oh, yeah. Man. That's awesome. As much yeah. as I was excited to see you play for the Roosters, man, the Canes, hearing you going back to the Canes, is that's awesome news as a full-on Canes fan. Thanks, bro. It's, uh, it was it was a really hard decision, bro, and it, it come down to pretty much last night on on our decision, or yesterday um, on our decision. 
Um, but like my wife and I had to, to weigh up sort of pros and cons of, of all three decisions really. And coming home um, for, for us as a family, uh, for our girl, uh, was, was the right decision for us. Mm. So how close did you get to the roosters? <laughs> um, all right. I reckon we, we were at a stage at one point where we might have even been leaning more towards um, going to the league and coming back to um, Japan as a, like a dual, dual sort of a deal. Um, then we were coming home. Um, so, yeah, like it, last night was 50-50, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more in favour of coming back to New Zealand. Um, but two or three weeks ago, uh, if we had to make that decision on that day, like we, it could have been a different decision. Like we, uh, yeah, we were probably more in favour um, of coming back to Japan and uh, playing in the NRL. Wow. <laughs> so would, yeah, that right. been, would that have been this season's NRL? <laughs> yeah, so I would have finished here, um, gone into my isolation in, in Sydney uh, and then joined the team um, for the back end of the year. And we felt we fell into a, a couple like um, complications with insurance. And I don't know how that got out, by the way, but someone <laughs> said that. And they were pretty accurate with what they were saying, which is how it But that wasn't, that wasn't a deciding factor. We, I spoke with um, people in the Roosters environment yesterday, and if, if we decided to do it, like we would have found a way to make the insurance side of it work too. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that didn't end up being... Um, a factor, really. Far out. That's crazy. Yeah. So the yeah. main the main reason was for the family, because I know your wife and baby aren't over in Japan with you at the moment, so to get back home and yeah. to be with them, that must have been the main reason, I guess. Yeah, there were, there were two two really big reasons. That was, that was definitely one of them. Like I haven't been with um, Greer and Amaya um, since the 30th of January, so that's been a long time. And um, part of our decision, if we were going to come here, we always knew that there was a potential that, that it might happen again. Um, risking our, our daughter's health is just not something we, we wanted to do. So although we don't know what the word's going to be like in six months' time, and it potentially could be fine and we, we could have come over as a family, um, but there was also that potential that it might not be like that. And committing to um, a team here in Japan and then having them go home again or not even come over it would have been too hard, bro. Like it's probably been the hardest three or four months of my life not having not having you. Yeah. And then the and then I felt unsettled, or not unsettled is the wrong word. I felt if I don't go back to New Zealand as well, there's always a part of me thinking like I haven't done everything I wanted to do. Um, there's still some unfinished business there for me in New Zealand. Um, and so those were the two the two major drivers. So your wife and baby were over there at the start, but they moved home because of COVID. Was that was that the reason they moved home? Yeah, yeah, it was. So we um, we came up here as a family in December, and COVID got pretty bad here in uh, in Osaka. And it was it was in the league at the time. There were some teams that had had COVID, and the, the season was still going ahead. And I couldn't see um, any like any indications that things were going to change or we're going to have time off to see if things settle down at all. So the risk of me going in and playing footy and training, being on the subway every day, um, I, I felt like I was at high risk of getting, getting coronavirus and yeah. bringing that home um, to my wife and to baby uh, was just too much of a risk for us to, to take. Like we didn't want to, um, we didn't want Amaya to get sick and then she ends up in a hospital over here. 
um, without our families in that here, without with the language barrier too, yeah. um, which would have been really difficult. So it just ended up being um, a decision for her safety and her health over a decision for what Greer and I um, and what Greer and I wanted and what um, pain we didn't want to have to feel by leaving each other. You know. Fair enough, mate. Fair mm-hmm. enough. So yeah. when when do you join up with the Hurricanes? Is that for next season or is that as soon as possible? Uh, well. So I'll sign a two-and-a-half-year deal um, with New Zealand, which takes me to the, the World Cup, oh, wow. um, hopefully. Um, so leave here, and I'm contracted to New Zealand Rugby. Um, so if there's injury cover or something, I'm not in the Hurricanes squad for this year, so I'll, I'll train with them. Like, I'll turn up to Rugby Park and I'll be training. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know how the, the details work in like whether I can join the squad or whatever. I think if an injury happens, um, which like I, I don't wish injury upon anyone, uh, but if the, <laughs> the nature of our game, the nature of our game. <laughs> Look out, Luke Campbell, you're in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. The nature of our game, like that stuff can happen. So um, yeah. I am available to, uh, to to come to the squad if, if they want me to. <laughs> so how many halfbacks have they got at the moment? They've got three, is it? Well, we've got four. So we've got Jamie, Jamie Booth, um, Jonathan Martin. Nah, sorry, he's not fit, but he's in the squad. Oh, yeah. uh, we've got Luke Campbell, and then um, Cameron Wigard's been there since um, for the whole year. Um, Booth was obviously ruled out yeah. um, pretty early on, so he's been there the whole year. So you need an injury to one of those other guys who are fit at the moment. I'm not sure. I think like I don't know if you have to swap like for like, like if a prop goes down. I don't know. Oh, I, I can come in or not. Yeah, like I, I'm unsure, but I will. I'll make myself available, available, and I'll be like I'll be ready to go if, if the opportunity does arrive. Wow, that would be hissing straight back in there. Mm. Hey, <laughs> I, I'd love to, and then but if not, um, I'd love to be um, playing club rugby uh, for North as well. So either way, um, being back home, um, training with the boys, and then being able to um, either play uh, in that competition or play uh, for North would be cool. Wow, that would be awesome. So. Does that make you available for the All Blacks as well? Um, I'm not sure for that June or July series. Yeah. Um, at this stage, I, I think the rules are you have to play uh, in the New Zealand competition, like a professional competition, to be eligible unless you've written it in your contract. Where I, I didn't have a contract to come back to, so I didn't write that into anything. Yeah. So I have to play in a competition before being um, eligible for, for the All Blacks. So... If I do come in as injury cover, um, I guess it might. But if not, then yeah, I don't think so. True, man. That is crazy. So there'll be a lot of pressure on one of these nice to get injured. <laughs> no. <laughs> Across the whole country. <laughs> no, <boy. laughs> no, we don't want that. We don't want that. Our boys have been going good. Our boys have been going good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So talk to me a little bit more about the league. So did, had you spoken to Trent Robinson and stuff? Did it get that close? Yeah, I had a lot of conversations um, with Trent and um, some of their training staff trying to, but I got to the point where I was getting training drills and like conditioning plans to prepare myself to play leagues and I'm implementing that into like my extras and stuff like that. Um, Not not stuff that would distract me or take me away from playing rugby, um, but stuff that would be like I could easily do at the back end of a training session that would really help me condition. Um, into going to league. 
Yeah, like I said it earlier, it was, it was really, really close and it was a really, really tough decision. Um, I spoke with Trent yesterday um, about it as well. He was, um, he was in full support of either decision I made. He understood um, the reasons uh, for coming if I, if I came and the reasons if I didn't. So it's been, um, it's been really, really good to work with him um, on that level too. Is it, is it something you'd potentially look at down the future, maybe after your contract expires or... Do you feel like this was your opportunity? Um, I, I never say never, but like I felt this was a really good opportunity for it. Like I felt like I'm, I feel like I'm playing really good footy. Um, the game at the moment in league um, suits the way I play uh, for a hooker, um, and it, I felt like it gave me enough time to do it and do it well. Especially coming in this season, halfway through. Um, would be like a real learning learning phase but being able to play as well um, would have been a good introduction to it and then if I go well I don't know the potential of staying on longer term um, doing Japan and then coming back to the NRL again um, there, there was a lot of discussions about it and I was like it was really exciting to be fair yeah so it was hooker <laughs> and you were looking to play Straight away was that was that the feedback that you'd had eighty minutes sort of hooker? <laughs> um, I'd like to, yeah. Like I, Trent saw me as a hooker. I saw myself as a hooker who um, could probably cover in the halves if I needed to, like if something happened. Yeah. Um, and there was going to be a, a bit more of an introduction phase um, at the start. I don't know exactly how it would have worked, but um, they would have got me with the conditioning team, probably tested me early on in the first couple of days out of isolation just to see where I was at and then what they thought I needed to do in order to be able to play and then play, yeah. <laughs> what sort of conditioning stuff were they giving you? Was it like tackle stuff? Because, I mean, that's that's the question mark a lot of people had in comments and stuff I was reading at all, but like your ability <laughs> to make 50 tackles plus um, and still be able to perform, but um, your fit as, your contact fitness is hissing. So did you, you obviously didn't question your ability to be able to make that amount of tackles? No, no, I don't. Like uh, in league, they, they do make a, a bunch more tackles than us um, in rugby union. Um, but a lot of it is assist tackling and that as well, yeah. but that, which like tackling's fine. Like I, I enjoy tackling. There's going to be a transition period into into making that I mean it just is what it is if you do something more than you used to mm. you're going to have to transition to get used to it um but i was like that's the wrestling side of it that i reckon would have been a little bit harder in the in the defense like making a tackle is making a tackle but like they catch a lot of it as well and tackle quite high so catching wrestling someone taking him to ground and getting him back up that would have been the heart of it and the conditioning side of it yeah um but my biggest concern with going in terms of a time restraint was the connection with the team, um, being able to build relationships with the team. If you're playing hooker um, and you're part of the spine, being able to drive a team around um, without knowing anyone really and coming into the middle of the season, yeah. like I don't know, I didn't know the vibe of the team. I don't know the lads. I don't know um, the dynamic on how we we want to play. Like I know coaches have their dynamic and how they see the game going, but especially in rugby, nine cents, fullbacks, like we know how we want to play the game, even though the game plan is the game. Yeah, the game plan is given to the team. Like we sort of understand each other and what what we think we should do in certain situations. Yeah, and you only build that through time and settle with someone. So like I wouldn't be able to have that. It would literally be what's on the board 
I'm going to go out there and do that. And there would there be less instinct with uh, with a relationship then. Yeah, that's true. So had you messaged any of the boys? Um, had you been in contact with any of the lads? You messaging Teddy very often? Uh, nah, I, I didn't. I didn't because because I didn't know um, what I was going to do. I didn't want to create a relationship. Yeah. Um, and then to have to let someone let someone down. Yeah. Um, like uh, coming here. I, I remember I messaged you and asked for your brother's number. Um, I was pretty pretty sure I was coming at that point, yeah. um, so I was I was comfortable to to build that relationship and to to have those sorts of conversations. Um, but when when I knew how split the decision was, I didn't want to yeah like mm-hmm. build a relationship and then have to let someone down. But you've got a lot of relationships already with a lot of league stars, Brandon Smith and stuff. He's been talking about messaging you. You've been asking him for some advice, etc. cetera. So um, how's that relationship yeah. work? Yeah, so we, in lockdown last year, um, we all got into NBA cards oh, yeah. and collecting NBA cards. And so we started this group. I, uh, you know, Isaac John. Yeah. yeah. Um, he does YKTR. So he started a, a group chat and a bunch of the boys are all in there. And then when the whole prospect of it came, came up, I was like, man, I've got some pretty good like, players in this chat. And I reached out and messaged um, a bunch of them, just messaged Brandon about what like he thinks a good hooker is, what conditioning I'd need to do if I was coming. Messaged um, a couple of other boys that play in the halves about what they expect from a good hooker, yeah. um, what they need from their hooker in terms of service, in terms of, um, I don't know, um, manipulating defensive with defenses, sorry, yeah. um, with a running game, kicking game, and just trying to see what they thought um, the best hooker looked like for them, you know. What sort of advice did they give you? What what <laughs> sort of feedback did you get? No, I got really good advice from it, eh? Like, a lot of it wasn't around the conditioning, um, the tactics of it. They had the same thoughts on, bro, if you chain it, you're going to get used to it. It's yeah. simple as that. If you, yeah, tackling is tackling. Um, you either want to tackle or you don't. And I, I enjoy tackling, so I was never worried about that. Um, but you just got to condition yourself for it, which is which is fine. Mm. Um, but the understanding uh, ruck speed, uh, when to be able to have a go um, from a ruck, and when to when to just when to serve, and the ability to be crafty around that too. Uh, I think you see a lot of hookers now at the moment. They're like um, breaking out of a ruck right, then pulling back, and then coming back to the left, and that's creating like a. Um, like a mismatch or creating a team to shift one way and then you're getting your halves on like bigger boys going sideways which is like it's really smart and I never really watched league um, that way until I got that feedback from uh, from some of those boys that's crazy man and you would have been dead, yeah. deadly out of dummy half close to the line you would have been kicking <laughs> at least a couple of 40 turnies a game <laughs> I would have I would have loved uh, like kicking on that left edge eh? like I I enjoy that kick in rugby yeah uh, so being able to do that with 10 metres space I know there's markers here but off a quick route with 10 metres space yeah. being able to get into a kick there would have been would have been cool how, honestly how many 40 turnies do you reckon you would have kicked <laughs> and, you, and you got I'll, 10 games left in the season 
Bro, I guarantee I would have attempted one first game, bro. Straight up, I, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would have, bro. I would have tried to kick a bunch, I reckon. I'm a little bit gutted that you're not, I'm never going to actually get to see this. I reckon, yeah, it would have been yeah. interesting because it doesn't really happen enough. I don't feel like union guys jump over the league. We don't really get to see it. They've usually come from league first, like your Sunnies and Brad Thorns, but yeah. uh, not many straight out union guys head over to league and give it a try, but it would have been awesome to see. Yeah, I would have, I would have loved it. Eh? Like the, I'm, I still get excited talking about it now. And like, I'm content with the decision and what um, Greer and I have decided to do, but there will always be that part. Um, you think, man, that would have been, that would have been a really cool experience. Um, and like, a, the, it's awesome to watch. Like we obviously all play super coach in there and seeing the boys out there and being invested in it that way. And then for the last sort of, month to two months having a little bit more investment in it and being like man I can I can do this and I mm. like, I feel like I can do it really well it's been that's been cool my super coach team was desperate for you too you would have, <laughs> you would have been a super coach gun eh <laughs> <laughs> we cash go you reckon boy <laughs> yeah well you would have started at basement price and oh would have yeah. been would have been interesting to see what your value was at the end of the season oh would have been first million dollar player probably Oh, is it is it true you messaged um, Adam Reynolds? Was it true you messaged Adam, Adam Reynolds on the April Fools joke, or was that um, was that a stitch up? Is someone pulling my leg there? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> of the April Fools joke because um, he's in that group. No, he's in that group chat as well. So I had already reached out to him. I had already reached out to him for like advice on what he was from hookers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw that, bro, and I was like, but this could be nice, bro. <laughs> and I messaged him, bro. I think it was with your brother and Marty. And because they saw it too, and I'm like, no, this is this is it. And then I looked down, and he's like, nah, nah, it's April Fool's, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, but, got it. Yeah. Oh, it took me a while to admit it to your brother and Marty, no way. Because I was talking about him on the train. And I was like, nah, boys, it's, it's April Fool's. <laughs> oh, crack up. So was an option ever to just stay in Japan or that was never really an option? Um, yeah, it was an option. Uh, there was an option to try and like come back to New Zealand for the six-month period and come back to Japan as well. So that was um, talked about and that was on the table. Um, or stay in Japan and just come home and, and rest. But yeah. the big thing that I had was that, like, I like playing the game. I like competing. Yeah. So having not not playing for, I think it's here starts in January, so not playing from now till January just didn't make any sense to me. It felt like I'd be wasting um, some of the best years of my career by doing nothing. Mm. So I want to, I wanted to be playing. So even though it was tabled, I would, I never considered just doing that. Sabbatical's never an option for you, eh? You, you hate rest. <laughs> I just, I, we can rest later, like, I reckon. <laughs> we don't, and I know everyone's different. Like, forwards might a little bit different because they have to smash each other all the time and yeah. whatever. But I don't want to ever retire and be like, man, I could have had, I don't know, six months more game of playing. When, when, we, when it's all said and done, I reckon I would love to and six months more playing. So I don't want to ever, while I'm at this point in my career, which 
I think I'm playing some of the best footy I've played and I want to continue to grow that. I don't want to rest for that. I want to enjoy that. Yeah, fair oh. enough. So was was mm. money ever a big factor in it? I feel like you're probably turning down a huge money in Japan to play in New Zealand. Is that sort of true? Um, yeah, there, there's a pretty big offer um, here in Japan that we're, uh, we've said no to. Um, and we're very um, grateful for, for the offer and for, I guess, how um, I, I was valued on... Because that, that effectively, when a team makes you an offer, that's what they're saying they value you at. Yeah. But, and I know people don't say it's for the money and stuff like that. And uh, like a lot of the reason we play this game is because we, we love the game, but we only get a short time frame in this. Um, so when a, a company offers you something, that's them showing you how they value you. Yeah. So to, to have that sort of um, uh, compliment, I guess I could call it from, from clubs here, was, uh, was very humbling and... Um, yet we are taking less money to come home, but when we weighed it up, like it, it just didn't matter. That time apart from um, from my baby, like she's nine months old now, and I've been um, absent in her life over half of that. But I've only been with her um, three of those nine months, or three and a bit of those nine months. So it it wasn't worth risking that again. Like I, I can't risk that again. Yeah. So something that you've talked about before is in terms of money is players should be more open with how much money they're getting. Is that do you still sort of feel like that? Yeah, like with each other. Like I don't think I should sign a contract and go and post. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but I'm a big believer that like we should know what our peer is earning. Yeah. It's the only person who wins if we don't know is the club or is the um company that, that's paying you because if you got two players, I don't know, uh, who are signed for the same position, sharing the same amount of minutes, producing the same amount, but one of them's earning, say, $1, and the other one's earning 65 cents of that dollar. Yeah. And you'd never know unless you two communicate, because the, the company's not going to say, oh, I'm paying him a dollar and you 65 cents. Yeah. They're not going to tell you that, because then you'll be like, well, I'm producing the same thing. Yeah. And I, what, what I reckon it does give um, for players, the power it gives to players is – they can see that compromise. They can see uh, where they sit. So we all know in our hearts, like where we think we are, and uh, compared to the people in our positions, compared to the people who we're playing with, like you know where whereabouts you sit. Mm. So if you're getting so much more, like so much less money than someone that you know you're better than, or someone that you know you're performing at a higher level than, or playing more minutes than, like you have that ability to. Um, negotiate that to be like, man, I'm I'm producing all of this. The bro over here's not, and he's getting paid that. Like I feel like I should be getting paid more. But like, and it's not, it's not a knock on each other. But and that's where I think people get um, confused with it. It's not me looking at the the guy next to me saying fuck his shit. Okay. It's just me saying like I can see what I'm producing. I can see what you're producing. I still want you to get paid, but I want everyone to get paid and get paid well. Yeah. But me knowing what you're getting allows me to negotiate so I can get paid more too. Mate, you're talking a lot of sense there. That is <laughs> some real talk right there because um, it doesn't happen. No one, everyone keeps their contract secret and it's always <laughs> no, I feel like people yeah. are, the guys who are getting paid a lot are embarrassed about how much they're getting paid and the guys who um, who aren't getting paid, they – I guess they're embarrassed as well because they're not getting yeah. paid. <laughs> I remember we've got this like real bad relationship with money. Eh? I remember growing up, my mum and dad would always say, "Don't eat, don't ask people what they earn. don't like. You ne- just never ever do that. You don't talk about money." Yeah, um, and that creates like a really bad relationship with money. And I, 
I can see like people would probably like that embarrassment. They don't oh, like, and there's a lot of bands in rugby circles. So mm. if you, if people start to know what each other's on, people might get afraid of that banter, but like banter's that's part of it. And I'm, I'm very open with anyone. If they ask me what I'm earning, regardless of what position they play, if they want to know so that they can, I don't know, do, negotiate their contract, mm-hmm. then like I would, I want that person to have that, that knowledge, you know, it's uh it's so much more empowering as a person when you know what situation you're going into. Because if you walk into a negotiation and the guy says, oh, this is the most we can pay you um, and you've got nothing to, to measure that against, yeah. like, of course, like, you sign that contract. And a lot, especially a lot of young kids, bro, they, I reckon a lot of young kids are getting underpaid for that reason. Yeah, no, no doubt. But in league, it's a little bit different. It feels like everyone knows the media know straight away what guys are getting paid. I saw a few figures come out for you <laughs> of what your offers were at um, the Roosters. So, um, which yeah, I, 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 that is sort of a little bit the other way though, because I see a lot of players getting oh, social media abuse, that sort of stuff for being a high paid player and obviously not performing as a million dollar player or whatever that yeah, whatever yeah. they're earning. So a few guys um, have come under the pump that way. So how, how do you feel yeah. about it that side? Um, for starters, they're pretty accurate on what they were, um, what they were saying. <laughs> Again, I don't know how these guys know. Like, not, they know. Yeah. Um, the, especially the league one. Like, I, I think my wife sent me, um, oh no, it was my cousin actually, sent me stuff that they threw out about some Japanese contracts and that. But there must have been NRL reporters doing it because they weren't accurate with that, but then like spot on on the bottom of the NRL <laughs> one. So yeah, I noticed that those league <laughs> one, oh, those, those Japan ones were way unders. But that league, <laughs> <laughs> that, that league one, so it wasn't a huge amount of money to go to the Roosters. That wasn't ever really a nah, part of it. No, nah, the the money wasn't a part of it. Eh? Like it, it was. I really wanted the, to test myself and the experience, and I thought I could do it well. And I backed myself to take that contract. And play well, and then earn my worth in the in the NRL. Yeah. Um, so that 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 was always my mindset on it. In terms of how like the media go out, and I think um, one of the bros that you were talking about, uh, who gets who's been um, copping a bit of stick uh, for being paid that much. Like what I struggle with is that they don't they say that we're overpaid, players are overpaid, and stuff like that. Mm. But we did where do they want that money to go? Do they want like people who are sitting above us and not playing to be getting paid more? I don't, I don't quite understand it. You know, like the I don't I don't like the ability for people to abuse regards. I don't care if it's about money or what it's about, but it's there. Um, I think the the positive that we get as players understanding what our environments on and what people are getting outweighs the negative that I don't know your average person's gonna write something bad about me mm-hmm. like someone will watch this podcast and they're going to say something bad about me about putting like kids yeah you know? this is what it is you're going to disagree with my view on the money side of it so like kids i would rather the environment and the people around me and future kids coming through have more understanding and more power to make decisions um more than i care about what someone's going to say about it Oh, you're a lad. Absolutely. (laughs) Was it, was it ever an option to be paid in cryptocurrency? I know you're quite big on it. Um, I'd love to, eh? Like, I reckon. Yeah. First New Zealand. Especially like, 
<laughs> Especially a portion of it, but I think it. I think it's smart. I've been thinking about it a little bit actually. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think he signed his um, sign-on bonus. He just got drafted first in the NFL. And I was trying to work out why he would why he did that. Like, why wouldn't you just take the money and then buy your cryptocurrency? Like, why would you? And my understanding is he. So just say there's a million dollars. I think it's twenty-four million dollars sign-on. So if he got paid that, he'd get he'd get taxed on that. And then he could buy his cryptocurrency. But if you get $24 million worth of Bitcoin, you get $24 million worth of Bitcoin. You don't get the 39% tax or the 50% tax right. on top of it. You know, so that's probably why. So it makes so much sense to me to do that. So was it? Is it? No, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can do that yet. <laughs> it's definitely worth a conversation, though. I'd love to have a conversation about it. Oh, in two and a half years, that's you, I reckon. <laughs> so, what what are you excited about getting back to New Zealand and trying to make the All Blacks again? What motivate? Yeah, what's yeah. motivating you? Um, bro, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to get home to be our family to um, play for the Hurricanes. Um, and, and try and make all play for North. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I think another thing that's really driving me at the moment is uh, I've probably got I've got a new respect for um, for rugby, uh, and it actually came up yesterday. This conversation with in, in a league circle, actually having a conversation about league and saying like that it's been the hardest four months of my life, and how much I appreciate being an athlete. And how much respect I have for training and stuff to help me through this, like this time. Yeah. And then that conversation finished, and I was like, man, I, I actually think it's the respect I have for rugby has changed. Like, I've always loved the game. I always give everything to the game. Um, but I reckon I did that because I wanted to be better all the time. I I wanted to keep getting better and play at a higher level and be a better rugby player, um, not because of how much the game has given me. And and reflect, reflecting over this last um, four months, like it's it's been the constant for me. It's been um, something that's really helped me through some tough times. So I feel like I owe I owe it to rugby to to come back and to to give rugby the. I, I don't want to say I, I disrespect the rugby because I've always trained hard, but it's the mindset when I'm training now, the application to detail when I'm in a meeting. Is it's for a different reason. It's it's not as much for me anymore. It's because I want um, to give back to the game for how it's helped me, especially through um, this last four months. Man, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. So that's and it, it it only sort of clipped after that league conversation when I thought that's what my feelings were about training, and then I reflected on it. And I was like, man, it's actually my feelings about rugby. And that was another big um, eye opening moment. Was like. If I don't go back to rugby, like I'll never be able to repay it for how it helped me now. Yeah. Wowee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so, All Blacks, is that is that the goal? Get that number nine jersey, build towards this World Cup? Yeah, 100%. Like it's, it's always been uh, my goal and now being uh, back in New Zealand rugby, uh, it continues to be my goal. I, I love competing. Um, at the highest level and with some of the best players in the world we've got some really good nines in New Zealand yeah. um, and I'm really looking forward to, to that competition and to um, continue to try and be better and yeah starting for the All Blacks is, is um, 
my massive goal. Uh, it's it's my dream and it's what I want to do. Um, but I'm also really excited about the, the process of that too. That's that's the end result. Um, but I'm really excited about that process of of training hard, playing well, um, turning up every day and trying to be better. That's that's something that's really driving me too. Who's impressed you from stepping out of the New Zealand rugby scene to watching from afar? <laughs> You've obviously been watching a lot of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, who's who's impressed yeah. you? I think outside of Webby and um, Nuggie, who I, I think are, are awesome players and obviously incumbent All Black Nines. Um, I really liked Falau when he was when he was playing. Um, earlier this year, I thought he was um, really really good. He obviously had a really good um, Mighty Ten Cup, uh, and then like gutted for him and his injury. Like I messaged him pretty much straight away when he got injured because you never you never want to see it, especially when someone's playing good, man. Like he's yeah. he, he is playing playing really well. Um, so I was excited watching him play. Um, and then I, I'm really impressed with Triple T. Like, I know he hasn't had it um, his way uh, a lot of the time over the last couple of years, but with his opportunity he got this year, he's playing at a really high level. He made a massive impact for, for that Chiefs team um, when he came on the field. Um, and then lastly, I thought Sam Locke was really good. Yeah, uh, he, didn't, he didn't play heaps of games. I think he might have only played four or five. Um, but he was he was he was good, man. Mm. Like is they've got uh, Finlay and Jonathan up there as well, um, who are both uh, really good players. But I thought when Sam Knott was playing, um, he looked really really sharp. True. So who who do, you, who do you think the All Blacks will go with for their third halfback until you get called in for injury cover? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. So I'd like to see them go. Well, it's tough. It's tough. I think that I think the conversation is going to be about um, probably it'll be triple T. I think Sam Knock will be in the conversation, and I think one of the Crusaders halfbacks will be in the conversation too. Because although I didn't mention them, um, I probably don't, and people don't talk about um, Mitchell Brin that much. But because they're always so consistently good, mm-hmm. people take that for granted almost. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they expect Brinsley out there and play well. They expect Mitchell out there and play well. And when they do that, nothing's really said about it. But if, you, if you're not expected to do it and you go and do it, like there's a lot more noise about it. So I think that it'll be the conversation out of those four. Sorry, and Finlay Christie's definitely in there too, I'd say. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. to me about the Hurricanes. You're obviously watching the Hurricanes for the first time for a long, long time, since 08 or something. Oh, <laughs> 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 So what was it like being out of the team, watching from afar, watching the Hurricanes go to work? Um, I didn't like it. Hey. I didn't like not being able to, to impact it and not being able to be a part of the environment. Um, it, it was hard, man. It was hard. Like I, I love the team. I love the boys. And I want to see us do well. Um, but not being able to impact the environment, um, not being able to go out on the field, it was tough. It was, tough. It was hard to just um, sit back and enjoy the games because I wanted to be there. Yeah. So much, you know. What do, what were they missing? What where did they where did they struggle, you think? Um well we lost a few close games which really hurts. Like it's it's a it's such a short competition. Yeah. Um that if you if you lose a couple early games and a couple close ones, like it can have a real impact um on the on the team and on the environment. Like closing out games um hurt us um as a team and that um sort of had a had a flow on effect into the next game. It's it's hard to put a finger on it when I'm not in the environment. I'm not there day to day 
because um, I thought we did play some some really good footy for for big portions of it, mm. um, and then just yeah, we're unlucky not to to close a couple of those games. Mm. Such small margins decide games, especially in competition, <laughs> eh? And yeah, like yeah. you said, those that, those key moments towards the end, back end of games is. Um, mm. Definitely something that they miss. What you were always a guru at closing out games. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I don't know what to say, but thank <laughs> it's bro. You see, it's um, it's not easy, bro. Like I've been in games where I've lost those games. Like, like in the weekend, we lost the game where we, we probably should have closed out. They took you um, off, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, before that, we should have closed. But then, like, there was a couple of games in our season here that if we had a lost him at the depth, when we won them, like, our season looks real different. And that's, bro, it's like a couple minutes, one decision, one play, that can be the difference between you looking at having like a really successful season or looking like your team struggled. So yeah. it's hard to pinpoint one thing sometimes. It is crazy, eh? And last thing, before, yeah. you, before you sign with the Canes, was it always the Canes? Because I know you messaged me and you said you are going to the Blues, <laughs> which I didn't believe for a second. I knew. <laughs> yeah, I know. But was it, was it ever an option to go to another um, Super Rugby side? <laughs> no, bro, no, not, not for me. It's... Um, like my whole family's in Wellington. Um, it, it's been my home for so long. My my wife's family's there. It, it's home. Like I, I couldn't imagine um, playing for another team or coming home to New Zealand and not being in Wellington. So no, it, it wasn't an option <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, you weren't you weren't <laughs> fooling me on that one. <laughs> Bro, I saw though, like <laughs> do you know on the, um, on WhatsApp how you can see when the bro's typing, someone yeah, else is yeah, typing. Yeah. And I see you don't see typing and they're not typing. <laughs> typing nothing. So I was like, I might have them here, yeah, I might have them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, as always gone to our Instagram for some questions and I always say oh, yeah, that we've yeah. got heaps of questions, but I don't usually. I'm usually lying. But today, when you come on, man, so many, so many questions. <laughs> you must have reposted it because it's absolutely blown up. But to be fair, a lot of them are just wishing that you – we've got Roosters fans hoping that you're coming to the Roosters. We've got Hurricanes fans hoping you're coming back. We've got Japanese fans saying, please stay in Japan. So many of them are those sort of comments. So just shows you how much – People are wanting you to be a part of their side. But um, first so. question, this is from your bro, actually. King of the Hill, around 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's TDA. Yeah. Um, bro, we were playing, all playing King of the Hill um, down at the beach. And me and him, bro, like, compete at everything. Like, I'm really competitive, and it's more so with him. Wow. Like, it's, yeah, it's not good. And he's, he's exactly the same. What's King of the Hill? King of the Hill. So, like, you, everyone starts at the bottom of the hill, and you've got to try and get to the top. It's oh, like Bull Rush, but oh, on a hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. And I was in the middle. Like, I was the tackler yeah. on that one. And there was heaps of us there. And we'd been competing all day and, like, annoying each other and that. And I was like, bro, I'm going to get him straight away. Like, he's going to be the first one I get. <laughs> and he was going up the hill. And I let him go past me and act like he, like I wasn't going to get him. Yeah. And then I ran out and I, like, tackled him from behind. And, like, I was cracking up and laughing at him and, like, getting smart to him. And he just turns around, bro, and then 
punched me like straight in the face, bro. And I was just boom, like no good, like bleeding and everything. There's no good. And then like we were, I was like upset with him, he was upset with me, and he like walked to the bus stop, bro, and he was gonna catch the bus and we were walking off and he called out to us. It's like, bro, I've got no money <laughs> to catch the bus. <laughs> well, but it was funny, bro. It was funny. <laughs> How old were you then? How old are you? Oh, would have been like 13, 12, 13. In fact, that day actually started, bro. It started because I hadn't seen him in ages. Yeah. And we were both like overweight growing up. We were both like chubbier. And I hadn't seen him. It would have been maybe six months since I'd seen him. And then he turned up and it was like, bro, I've got abs now. Oh, that's right. And I was like, no, you don't. It's <laughs> like, nah, I've got abs now. And he lifted up his top, bro, and he had abs, bro. And I was like, so devastated. I was so gutted. <laughs> and, that, and then he was like mocking me about that, like at the start. Oh. And then that's where it all sort of like went back and forth throughout the day. And then the, then that was the tipping point king of the hill. The king. Yeah, bro. Wow, that is good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay, next question. What led you to making deals with Under Armour and Powerade over others? So Under Armour deal was, <clears throat> there was a, a a conversation pretty much. So I sat down with um, a couple of the team there, Under Armour, and a big part of why I signed with Under Armour, um, they led the conversation with um, a community-based idea. So it had nothing to do with money at the like it had nothing to do with money there, um, their pitch had nothing to do with me really, to be fair. It had to do with how they wanted to help communities and how um, they wanted to help their athletes' communities as well. So like being with Under Armour gave me a really good opportunity to help put it all. And that was like when they labeled that, that didn't really matter what else they said after it. I was pretty keen. That's cool. And Powerade? Um, Power is a really um, awesome company to work with. I've worked with them, um, like not directly, but like through the All Blacks and stuff like that. Uh, and I've always enjoyed the team, uh, the team there. So uh, when they reached out, um, the people that were involved, I had been with before, I had talked with before, and I've, I've always had um, really positive connections with them. So uh, being able to work with them and being able to work with those people, um, that, that's why I um, wanted to be a part of that team. Mm. That ad's still one of my favourite ads on telly. Oh, I love that ad. <laughs> <laughs> I get so much for that ad. Like, like, everyone gives me shit for it, man. Yeah. Like, they, I don't know. But I reckon because cause I ended up coming here, so we would have done another shoot in December of last year, oh, so yeah. for this year, but because I, did it, I was here, we just ran with it again, you know. So hopefully we can. So hopefully we can have something new for you guys. That's the real reason you came back. <laughs> Get that ad. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, next question. What's your favourite Japanese word? But I, I, I pro- my favourite sentence probably is like "kinowa nanishimasu." Um, like asking people what they've done in the weekend or what they've done the day before um, so I, I enjoy that um, I like uh, like how is how is your family Jeez. so stuff like that, that you, you sound fluent My, I always struggle whenever I ask someone a question like that I had no idea what their answer was so then I felt like <laughs> 
But can you understand yeah. what they're saying when they answer those questions? Um, yeah, well, a lot of it's – so when you ask that – so Okabe, who sits across from Tom and, my, Tom and I next to Marty. Yeah. Um, so I'll often talk with him first because he speaks um, pretty good English too. And then so I'll ask him, then he'll reply to me, uh, and then – I'll ask him what he said, and then and a lot of people say it's, it's something similar, oh, you know, yeah, something yeah, similar. Yeah. Oh, true. Um, yeah, so I, so now like my dialogue is a little bit, especially around like real basic stuff, like how are you, how's your family, what do you do yesterday, what are you doing for lunch, stuff. Oh, you're a wizard, and you're obviously still learning um, te reo too. Yeah, yeah, still learning te reo Māori. Uh, I think I I made a conscious effort to to learn the Hongo uh, while I was here and not focus as much on te reo Māori. Um, I think it's, I talked to um, Luke, who's, he's pretty much my Te Reo Māori mentor um, about being here and I, I wanted to keep um, learning Māori and he said it's like, it's really Māori to dive into another culture while you're on their land as well. So I was like, like as much as I want to continue to learn Māori and I have continued to learn Māori, I really wanted to dive into the culture here and um, embrace it and, and respect it and give it... Um, the, the respect that deserves that I think a lot of foreigners um, come over here and stick in like a foreign group and don't um, don't dive in as much and I really yeah I wanted to to be a part of it. Nice. This this sort of leads on to this question. How, how have you found being vegan in Japan? Uh, it's been it's been tough. It's um. I've got like a select group of things that I can eat. There's a lot of meat. Just... Hey? There's a yeah. There's a lot of meat here, man. A lot of meat. Um, but Okabe, that same guy I was talking to, he um, orders me stuff, like vegan stuff that I get delivered here. Oh, true. Um, which is sweet. Yeah, you can't really eat out then, can you? Um, there's like three or four places there. Oh, yeah. uh, pretty good. Like, Turkish, this Turkish place there, um, we can eat it. It's, uh, it's pretty good. And then that training, because we get lunch and dinner, um, they have like a – they make me a vegan um, – as well oh yeah oh yeah that's all good yeah which is good okay this one this one's from obviously a waterland listener he wants to hear the backstory of what happened in the 3 a.m yo-yo bet with snakey how did it happen (laughs) (laughs) he didn't turn up bro i'm telling you snakey didn't turn up he he was past (laughs) 3 a.m nights at that stage of his career (laughs) So we made the bet, and he didn't turn up to it, bro. He um, he's still gutted too because we've never run a yo-yo against each other. Um, but I saw him run a yo-yo at to fire up top of uh, the hurricanes. Yeah, when he was coming back after his sabbatical, but he was doing it by himself. Oh, true. And uh, yeah, bro. And he ran like it would have been. I think it was like an eighteen-five or an really? eighteen-six. Oh, wow. Yeah, but like, but he was just like cruising back into. He still, he still had eight weeks away until he was playing, but he just came back and just did it. And bro, I ripped into him. <laughs> like, I laughed, bro. Fuck, I laughed. And well, I was young at the time, and then when we we're talking about um, yo-yos and running after we build a relationship, I was like, bro, I remember when you hit that eighteen six. I went to play. <laughs> didn't like it, eh? Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was like, well, it was after a few beers. I was like, man, I heard that you were like the fittest dude, and I was coming back in the gym when I saw that. Nah, it's not good enough. 
<laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> okay. Were you ever considering the Warriors? Um, yep. Yeah, I, I was. But the, I gave um, my, word, my word, sorry, to Trent um, quite early on um, that if I did come to league, um, I'd go to the Roosters. So um, that, that, that ended up being uh, like it, if any other club had have offered me like a bunch more. Um, money, I would have gone to to the Roosters because I told him like I was really thankful that he had reached out that he um, saw it as an option yeah. um, before you know announced really um, had so I I told him I would do that and he um, he had told me about sort of the restrictions on salary cap and stuff like that and they didn't have a bunch of money um, that there and but it didn't matter like I I'd given him my word so uh, that's where I would have gone oh, maybe yeah. potentially. After that, like after going to the Roosters, potentially going to another club could have been an option, but for this year it was yeah, it was right. them. Nice. Yeah. Okay, on that, which Roosters teammate are you or slash were you looking most forward to playing with? Oh, but there's a couple. Like obviously Teddy's pretty amazing. Like he's a he's a crazy good player, bro. Mm. Um, so to be able to be around someone at that level. Um, would have been would have been really cool. Sammy Walker, bro, he's he's the future. He's going to be something really good. So so someone like on the opposite scale, almost someone just starting, but still in terms of talent, like but just like he's amazing what he's doing out on the field. So to be able to be around someone um, through that growth part of their career, um, that would have been that would have been really cool. Mm. You guys would have formed a cool <laughs> partnership to grow over the years. <laughs> that that would have been cool, bro. It would have been cool and. Um, there's another young kid. I, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's Swali. Yeah, the center. Joseph. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he would have been uh, really good too. And then um, Joey Manu, like he seems like a lad, and he goes hard in that as well. Mm. So that would have been that would be cool. Stacked as teammate Morris brothers, or they mm. won. Brett's yeah. gone, obviously. Mo- yeah, that's sad, eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, Warrior, <laughs> Warrior Hargraves, that would have been cool <laughs> as well. Yeah, a few Kiwis over there too, eh? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one. What changes would you make to your training regime if you were to make the switch? Um, changes what I've made. I reckon like the the big fitness difference would be the down and up fitness. So I'll probably be adding adding more down and up. Like we don't do heaps of down and up fitness um, as a nine in rugby. Yeah. Um, but in league, obviously, making tackles, getting, getting up, getting back 10, coming forward and doing it again. And wrestling, I think they would have been the two um, big adjustments that I would have made to my training. Mm. But you're always a good wrestler too. Eh? I remember a few pre-seasons at the Canes. I think you might have choked me out once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I got your brother this year too. I got Did your brother you? this year. Oh, the double. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you would have been a league guru. But, uh, mate, honestly, really excited about the news, going back to the Canes. Mm. New Zealand rugby, oh, mate, it's, I know decisions in my career. Every time I've had a decision, has been really tough. I've always found it really stressful, and I've been working with pennies and one mm. or two options, but you've had 20,000 different options, huge amounts of cash to weigh up. So, mate, I'm just, I'm just happy that you've got to the decision that you and your family are happy Thanks, with. Bro. And, yeah, like mm. I said, really looking forward to you back in that, seeing you back in that Canes jersey and the All Blacks jersey. Cheers, bro. Thanks so much for having me and giving me um... – I guess the platform to be able to to say 
like what what happened, um, the decision, why the decision, my thought process behind it. Like with media and that nowadays, um, sometimes that angle gets um, manipulated at the start. So to be able to do it here um, first is a uh, been a really cool opportunity so thank you for for allowing me that bro on your platform mate hey thanks for choosing the Willow podcast you're an absolute <laughs> lad you're the biggest lad in the game cheers bro. <laughs> cheers brother thanks so much thanks bro